You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. One in five families in Australia are blended, but step parenting doesn't get much of an airing on parenting platforms. Yet surely it must be one of the hardest things to do. Parenting can be a shock to the system, as we all know, when you've actually planned it and created it with your partner. But what about when you fall in love with someone who already has kids? Kelly Chandler has written about her experience with step-parenting in a new book called The Other Mother, a tale of love, blending families, and being a wicked stepmom. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Why did you write this book? Well, as I was falling in love with this fella, um, I realized I went looking for information about um, how much wee was going to be in the bathwater. Um, with two little kids, <laughs> and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find anything that um, from people that I trusted who were oversharers, like I am, who would just give me the dirty, like the dirty reality of the situation. There was a lot of stuff out there about, um, you know, stepmums who were older, who had rose-coloured glasses about how wonderful it was and how it might have been a bit hard, but it was great now. But I didn't need to hear that at the time. I needed to hear what I was experiencing reflected to me. Um, so, yeah, I just started taking notes in my Ugg boots around the kids. And, you know, when I had a strange interaction, I would just write it down. And then slowly that started to, it started to become clear to me that there was a bit of a gap in the market. Well, it's funny that um, one of the things that struck me about this book is just how sorry I felt for you going into being a step-parent. I'm saying this as a parent because I often look at my friends who don't have kids and there's no way I would expect them to uh, get my kids the way I understand them or put up with the mess, the chaos, the grossness. Like before you have children, you have no reason to accept that. And yet here you were coming into your partner's life at a time when, let's face it, childhood was at its peak messiness, right? Because they were quite young, weren't they? Yeah, they were two and five. So there was, you know, potty training in the lounge room. (laughs) You know, you've got a, a small child doing a poo in the lounge room of your partner's house. It's not the most romantic kind of start to a thing. But in some ways, it's also really lovely because that when that happened for him, we'd been playing a game, and so I felt like you know he he it was just a yeah I just felt like I'd been part of that. So while it was truly foul <laughs> for someone who had no experience of kids and you know had trouble putting myself to bed, especially if rage was on in the night, you <laughs> You're know, a big fan of rage, I love aren't you? rage. <laughs> so yeah, so I think it's um. Yeah, it's really tricky. And I think the other thing um, with coming in cold is that you have no, like you sort of, you warm up to the idea that life is a dangerous place for small kids. But when you come in, you're sort of struck with this idea that if you're taking them to school, there's like four different roads that you have to cross. And how do you get a five-year-old safely across a road? It was terrifying to me. So I would lie in bed counting the roads, you know. So it it takes a long time to realise that... Um, they probably won't die in your company if you're, you know, <laughs> slightly vigilant. It'll be okay. And also the other thing is, of course, at two and five, uh, in my experience, they're pretty good years for tantrums as well and other developmental frustrations on their part that just can translate to such difficult things to manage as a parent. And I was reflecting about this with a, f- a friend of mine who's looking after a little one at the moment, and I said... You know, that just strikes me as one of the hardest things to do. Like I, when my child is doing that to me, have to 
pull on all my love resources just to get through and understand what they're going through. But when you're there primarily for the partner, that must be incredibly hard to navigate. Yeah, and confusing too, because, you know, I was there to be loved. I was there to love and be loved, and I wanted that to happen immediately. And um, with the older one, who was five at the time, he did. You know, he loved his dad. He was attached to his dad at all times, and I think he accepted me more readily. Um, Also, on the way to being a diplomat, he's a very diplomatic creature. But the little one was two, and he missed his mum, and I I didn't realise that you know, that kids sort of just say exactly what they feel and then they move on from it. I just took it to heart and carried it around with me. So when he said to me, I love you, stop that dirty smell. <laughs> I just didn't really know what to what to do with that, you know. Like I had just had a curry, so of course my breath is bad. But, yeah, so there's just, you know, you don't sit there, you don't, you know, all that stuff that kids do just without even thinking. And as a parent, you kind of have to let it wash over you. But it was a shock to me and... Yeah, so and really awkward too because mm. you obviously you loved your not yet husband and falling in love with children in tow that seems like a complicated process as well. Yeah, I think at one point I realized that um he that my relationship wasn't just with him it was with these two other people and then on top of that there was my partner's ex and her parents. So it wasn't, we didn't get that that young love thing that happened. I sort of was thrown into this kind of quite complex family dynamic. Um, so yeah, it, yeah, it was confusing, hence writing. <laughs> <laughs> it strikes me that you must be a very good diplomat because, I mean, you describe in the book, you just mentioned there your ex's folks and you describe in the book how they were very they very clearly wanted to keep your partner in their life which meant to them keeping you in their life as well yeah I cannot think of a more awkward situation except for of course if his ex was there at the dinner table which is ultimately how it ends up yeah well we just um just recently had um uh the oldest one's um 11th birthday and it was at his grandparents' house. So it was all of us together. So um, my my fella and the kids and his ex and her sister and her sister's husband and her parents. And it just is kind of normal now. And if I had told myself that, you know, six years ago, I can't actually count, so I don't remember how many years, <laughs> but if I told myself that, um, that this would be a normal thing, I probably would have gone, yeah, right. I think but, many people yeah. listening going, how do they do it? Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Kelly Chandler, who's the author of The Other Mother, and we're talking about what it's really like to be in a blended family, which is Kelly's primary reason for writing this book. She didn't find the resources when she was going through the experience, so she very bravely, I must say, put pen to paper. Um, Kelly, you mentioned there's there's a lot in the book, or I think at least in the introduction and also in the prologue, where you are very clear that you don't want your... Um, what do you call them? Your spare sons? Spare sons, yeah. You, you don't want your spare sons to read it until they're 25. How much harder did it make for you being honest about this experience? Because you obviously went into it so that you could help connect with people going through the same thing. But you were always considering those little men. Yeah. Yeah, it's an extremely complex issue and it actually stopped me writing for about six months. Um, just 
the shock and the, like the, the worry about what would happen to them, this sort of ticking time bomb of this book that kind of captures these quite challenging years in their life. And I was worried about, you know, would they read about my, I talk about, you know, fantasies of retreat when things get really hard and the things that But you can, know all parents do that, even the ones that they love, right? Apparently so. I now know, <laughs> but I didn't know. So that You've got your own now, so you know yeah. you want to run away from them too, so it's cool. <laughs> yeah. So that that. That passage was really difficult to write for me because I had to be extremely honest about what I was feeling without knowing that that was going on in the wider community with other parents. Um, but then the worry that the boys would read that and feel unsafe in their home because kids want to believe that their parents always love them and that they, you know, obviously we do, but we'll ne- never want to run away. We want to just be with them. And so I think, yeah, what what did I do with that? Um as a writer and so what we've tried to do and I talked to their boy's mum about it and she suggested the 25 um, being the you know the now you know the new adult yeah the onset (laughs) of adulthood being 25 now which is gasp worthy Um, yeah so we're just um, we're working towards that but I've also read I write an open letter to them in the book that sort of says this is why I'm talking about really complex themes I'm talking about my own stepmother and my quite troubled relationship with her and the sort of path to peace with her Um, and yeah complex adult themes and um, that we want them to wait and you know their response to that is because they're swearing in it, right? Is that what swearing, <laughs> swearing and sex? I'm like, yeah, they're swearing and there's sex, and that means that you can't read it until you're an adult. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a really good. That's a really good boundary. So, no, you should say it's about me having sex with your father, and then they will never read it. That's perfect. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned just then that you do speak about your experience being a stepdaughter, and it, every time I think about blended families, I think about how much pain must be involved in that situation. And it seems that even though you talk about the difficult parts of your experience becoming a blended family, it it feels like you navigated it with a bit more awareness than perhaps your own experience with your family. I mean, no disrespect to your parents, but we didn't know then what we know now, I guess. I think that's the key point. Um, This is, we're talking about 20, 30 years. This is my bad maths again, I'm not sure, but we didn't have that same framework around what it was like to leave a relationship with integrity and to do it without setting fire to the place and, you know, bringing down the kids with you. Um, So, yeah, I think Pete came from, you know, his partner, his parents had broken up um, when he was young as well and neither of us wanted to sort of impose that experience on any more. We wanted that experience to stop there. Um, Yeah, so we tried not to kind of play that stuff out, I think, yeah. Do you think it makes you and Pete a much more um, communicative and, dare I say, stronger partnership because you had so much to navigate so early on in your relationship? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We've had a kid now. I'll have to think about that. (laughs) I, I don't know. I guess couples find their strength in all sorts of different ways and that yeah yeah maybe it's made us stronger because we've had to negotiate that stuff we didn't get that kind of puppy love stage and I think that comes up a bit with us like we didn't get that time for us to just be the two of us in the world going out to eat avocado and toast on gluten-free toast in my case but you know (laughs) we didn't get that chance to do that stuff or just travel and you know not have to worry about um 
you know, jet lag in small children and stuff. Um, so I think that that, you know, that's an ongoing issue. So while we, it's made us stronger as a couple because we can negotiate this stuff, there's also things that we've missed and we'll now have to wait until the kids are 25 <laughs> before we can or, do. Or 30. Yeah. <laughs> because, of course, what I haven't really said explicitly here is that you went on to have a child with Pete. What was it like going into that after your experience with the boys? with your spare sons? Things started to change for us. Like things started to get much easier um, when we got married and um, when we when we told the boys that I was pregnant. Um, they, and suddenly they saw me differently. They saw me as they could understand who, who I was in relationship to them now, that, that they were, I was about to, you know, bring their brother into the world. And so a sense of family actually sort of grew up around that time and they're very conservative kind of milestones and I'm, you know, a bit disappointed that that's what it took but that's what happened for us. Um, but, yeah, they – the boys are great with their little brother. I think it's, um, you know, the one who was five, so the middle child was five when his little brother was born and that's a very close – like I think that there was a lot of competition for resources there. So, you know, as the little one, the baby grew – um, the medium child would sell his toys back to him and you know, <laughs> there was very much it was he's yeah, an entrepreneur yeah in the making so there was a lot of that stuff but um but I think that we're all richer for having this kind of dynamic it's hard on the on the coming in and the going out so when we let go of the boys um the little one doesn't really understand and misses them and when they come back the big boys are used to having peace and quiet and not having to contend with a three and a half year old and so there's a bit of argy-bargy on the way in um and then just as it's all settled down then they go back to their mum so there's this really you know we are living in this kind of like on a roller coaster, I guess it's sort of the contents of our fridge stabilize, and then things go crazy again. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, why do you think ultimately there is so little writing about step parenting and and how to manage a blended family when it is such a common yet complex issue? There's a bit out there that's sort of self helpy and some interviews with um, step parents and stuff. Um, but there's not a lot of the first person stuff which I've written and while I was writing it dawned on me why that was probably because no one was you know stupid enough to write about <laughs> their kids while they were living with their kids so it was that lived experience stuff um yeah so maybe that there's was that a, and that was about you not wanting them to feel unloved or you didn't yeah. want people to get the wrong message about what you were trying to say and wanting to protect their privacy as well you know their children and maybe childhood is for forgetting part of it is for forgetting you know like maybe it's okay that you can't remember the tantrums you had when you were three <laughs> yeah I think we'd all be a bit yeah. yeah worse off for remembering those things yeah but then on the other side you know I've also I've trapped on paper some you know, three years of their life that otherwise may have just disappeared. Maybe that's not a bad thing in the context of, you know, trying to understand yourself as a person. Um, yeah. I, I actually like that you don't necessarily have all the answers, Kelly. No answers. It, it seems, it feels like <laughs> it, this is a really honest portrayal and I think it will help a lot of people. Um, thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. That's Kelly Chandler. She's the author of The Other Mother. And if you go searching on Facebook, we did a Facebook Live about a week ago where um, we got comments from people, we answered their questions. When I say we, I mean Kelly. <laughs> Not me. So uh, feel free to search for that online. Just head to the Kindling Facebook page and look at our videos. 
You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.